Hoi, ik ben Ilko Klomp van MyBossTime.com en op de fietsnijdwerk luister ik altijd naar Set Lusting Bruce met Jesse Jackson. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is a fellow podcaster. He was nice enough to ask me to hang out at his podcast, so I'm returning the favor. We're kind of, Aaron and I are doing play dates back and forth, I guess. Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, hello to all your listeners. My name is Aaron Martell, and I am the host of Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews. It's a music podcast where each week, each episode, we pick a musical album, and then I or myself and another guest co-pilot, as I call them, talk about and analyze that album for the episode. Very cool. And and we're going to get a little bit more... um... As I said, Aaron was nice enough to let me join him, and I picked one of his not-favorite albums. <laughs> uh, but we had fun anyway. Um, but as usual, here on Set Lusting Bruce, we always like to go back to the beginning. So, Aaron, talk about growing up. What kind of music did your family listen to? Okay. I am 48 years old. I was born in 1970. I live in western Massachusetts, and my parents were children of the 60s. They came of age during the 60s. So by the time I came along, I was hearing in my house from my mother, she was listening to The Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel, Elton John, later on Billy Joel and Fleetwood Mac, that type of music. My father was listening to The Rolling Stones, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, The Who, The Doors, more harder rock. So I grew up almost out of the womb listening to all this music, absorbing it, and ending up loving all of this music. So that's where my bedrock is for my musical obsession. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Um, You, um, I take it you didn't have a rebel phase, in other words... You uh, love the music, it's what your parents listen to, and you're like, hey, this is good stuff. That is sort of true, except for eventually I discovered my own bands and my own music that were influenced by those 60s and 70s bands. The primary one that I got into, in 1976, I discovered the band Kiss. 
Yes. And they had the costumes and the makeup and the big stage show. And my father hated them. He just thought they were a gimmicky garbage band. And that just made me love them even more. So I did. It wasn't really a rebellious phase per se. I just I, I discovered them, and yep, they're my band. My parents hate them. Well, I should say that my mother always enabled me. You know, I, I said I like Kiss, so she she was encouraged. She encouraged me to like that stuff, but my father wasn't. So that was what I kind of hung my hat on. You know, I, I like this band. My dad doesn't. Ha ha. You know, um, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller always says that. You know, rock and roll should be your children should not listen to classic rock. They should. <laughs> rock and roll is rebellion in itself. And so when you're young, you should want to find your version of the Sex Pistols, your right. version of, you know, um, Lou Reed or, or other uh, people he likes. So um, what about Kiss uh called you what why did you like kiss so much well i won't lie to you jesse it was the image at first yeah. more than the music i saw an album cover of theirs and to me at the time now i'm six years old it's like i said this is 1976 and i just saw superheroes with the costumes and i was into by then i was already listening you know i was already into spider-man batman superman and that's what i saw i saw superheroes playing music so that's really what drew me in. And then once I heard the music and it was loud and raucous and uh, it it just spoke to me, I think also because I had grown up listening to Zeppelin and Sabbath and that heavier rock slash early heavy metal, I think that the music just grabbed me too. And then I was like, this, these are my guys. This is my band. In high school, that's how much older I am uh, than you. I graduated high school <laughs> in 77. Uh, where I was, I, I loved Kiss. Um, really? You know, yeah. Oh gosh, I um, Kiss Alive. Yeah. Um, you know, Rock and Roll All Night. You knew if you heard Rock and Roll All Night on the radio before you were going going out, it was amazing. You know, Kiss Destroyer sure. was um, when you got a cold. I was like, oh good, I can sound like Peter Chris. <laughs> I hear you calling. That's right, that scratchy type voice. Yes. Very much into 
country and western, so this was, you know, a little bit out there. Oh yeah, radically different. You know, well, every once in a while, I'll throw on on my phone, I will have a couple of Kiss songs. Sure. Um, and just it's it's a kind of nice. I they were a lot of fun, and I was very happy when they made the Hall of Fame. You know, I remember. Yeah, I was too. Finally. Yeah. Yeah, I remember buying the uh, big Kiss comic book that, uh, you know, where they were supposedly, well, they actually did put their blood into the, you know, red ink. And, That's right. Uh, yeah. It, just, it was that, a Marvel comic. It was a Marvel comic. Um, and they were, um, there was so much credited, influenced by comic books and, and horror movies and um it's just amazing and and you know i think it's kind of amazing um you know i i love uh garth brooks version of hard luck woman mm -hmm. uh, i just think it's a great cover um you know they, yeah, he just does it straight up he plays it exactly the way kiss did yeah he did you know he even sings it in a straight voice yeah. it's not his normal country voice yeah and so uh, that's that's awesome. I, I think that's a lot of fun. Did you um, – I take it you still have a little special place in your heart for them? Yeah, I do. I can't deny that. I suppose if you forced me to say, what's your favorite band of all time, it, I'll, I'll have to say Kiss just because of their direct link to my childhood. Right. I, you know, through the years, I, I, their albums in quality, in my opinion – you know, varied wildly, yeah. but just because of that initial childhood link, I, they're always going to be, I think my number one. Yeah. And, you know, and there's so much drama around them, you oh, know, yeah. the bands in and out, the band members, um, you know, for the longest time, you know, they never was anywhere without their makeup. Then they unmasked. And, yeah, it was a great mystery. Yeah, and it was um, very, very cool. I, I just, yeah, I think that is great. Um, so you continued to be a fan of Kiss, but as you got older and went into high school, what were other bands you liked? Well, I grew up or came of age in the 80s. So right. by then, music had really diversified. You had things like synth pop and synthesizer-based music, a lot of one-hit wonder acts and artists that came through. And I was listening to some Top 40 radio, so I knew like all the, all the primary hits at the time. I liked Prince a lot. I liked uh, some of Michael Jackson's stuff. wasn't the biggest fan, but... Then what happened was, is I discovered MTV, right. and once an MTV, I really think shaped a lot of the musical tastes of my generation, or, or you know, people of my age, because once you saw them on the music videos, that really influenced what the kids, what we were listening to. So I liked a lot of those one-hit wonder bands because they had the music videos, and then I got into what was called glam metal or hair metal because it was that hard rock slash heavy metal sound that I liked, the loud guitars. And they had the, these bands had like wild images of, you know, hedonistic type things and 
partying and having a good time. So I gravitated to that music, too. So I started off the 80s more or less listening to Top 40 radio or slash classic rock radio. And by the end of the decade, I had become more or less a metalhead that still kind of listened to. I still I still dabbled my toes in Top 40 and I knew what was going on. But I by that point, I was really listening to hard rock, heavy metal. Did um, what were your feelings about Ready Player One? The movie? I have not seen it. Haven't oh, seen it yet. Have you read the book? I have not. I uh, don't know if you're a big reader, uh, but it is a. Um, you know, I had picked it up from my Kindle, um, kind of as a. It was on sale, and I tend to buy books just. When I see it, it's on sale, I buy it. And then, like, you know, two sure. or three years later, I end up reading it. It is a wonderful book. You know, it's all about set in the future, but it's a huge 80s nostalgia. Oh, uh, wow. The, the book is, and then also um, the premise is that this, the richest man in the world dies. He had created a virtual reality that everyone lived at, and he said, I left – a quest of Easter eggs, and if you solve the puzzle, you win everything. And you had to know all this 80s trivia to solve it. So there's, it's an 80s soundtrack, a lot of the stuff. The book especially gets deep into the 80s of, you know, movies and such. So um, if that's something you, you would probably very much enjoy. That does sound interesting. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to yeah. look for that. Mm -hmm. Um. Did uh, so uh, as you you know moved past high school and more into adult. Um, has your taste changed a lot? I tend to think that it's expanded more. I still like the hard rock metal stuff from my youth and that type of music going forward. I still like a lot of that music, but I've also, as I just said, expanded into more blues a little bit of jazz, you know, different genres of music. And the artist that I like has greatly expanded from when I was young. I think when I was younger, I, I kind of kept things narrow. I'm a metalhead, and if you're not, well, you're not on my team. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I've tended to say, you know what? I really kind of did like Duran Duran. And, you know, so, uh, like I said, my tastes have expanded, and I think I've become more of a music in general fan. Even classical music appeals to me uh, now a lot more than it did when I was younger. You know, I think what's interesting, Aaron, is um, it is hard for you when you're younger what other people think is so – influences us uh right or wrong even if you try to say no no it doesn't um it does right um and so and then as you get older you become more of um you you kind of i like what i like and i i enjoy um kind of what's going on so uh yeah absolutely that's that's pretty amazing sorry as an 80s kid um just because we need to it's mandatory. It is set less than Bruce. What's your thoughts on Springsteen? Oh, yeah. This is a Bruce Springsteen podcast, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> wow. We probably should get around to him. Yes. 
I distinctly remember discovering Bruce, or the first time at least I was aware of him. I think it also it applies to people my age too. It's the song Hungry Heart from 1980. Yes. I remember hearing that song on the radio and the chorus just captured me. I loved listening to that song. Whenever it come up on the radio, I know everybody's got I have to sing the chorus. Yes. So that's the first time that Bruce was on my radar at all. Now we have to cut to 1984 and Born in the USA becomes bigger than Coca-Cola. And I listened to uh, I discovered that album through uh, Dancing in the Dark, which I think a lot of people did. Yeah. I saw the music video. Again, I'm like, oh, I like this guy. I remember that song, Hungry Heart. And I need to, I, yeah, I want to get that. So I got the cassette tape of Born in the USA. And that tape is one of the handful of cassettes I've ever owned in my life that I literally wore out from playing it so much. I, you know, I, I listened to it constantly, back and forth, back and forth. One of the few albums that just grabbed me that much. From there, I was like, I, I really like this guy. I know he has a back catalog. And from there, I started acquiring the back catalog. So then I ended up having all of his music. You know, I didn't go, you know, I didn't do it in order, but eventually I got, you know, the six albums prior to Born in the USA. And from then on, like the day of release, whenever he puts out something, I got it. I got it. You know, like the yeah. live album, I got that next and then Tunnel of Love and, you know, forward. So I, from then on, I was just a massive Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah, um, you know, I do think um, at times because of the way Born in the USA was overplayed, and it does have that 80s uh, feel to it, that at times um, some of the snobbery Bruce fans will, oh, you know, Born in the USA – uh, yeah. But it was the gateway album to many, many fans. Yes. Uh, yeah. And and when you think about it, you know, there are some amazing songs on that album. So There are. Yeah. When um, – so thank you. I, I – you know, we at least acknowledge that you you love the boss. Thank <laughs> you uh, very much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, how about let's talk about your podcast a little bit. Okay. So, why why did you decide to podcast? And tell me how you picked this subject. Well, the first podcast I stumbled onto, I was surfing the web. I didn't know what a podcast was, and I came across a podcast that was dedicated to Kiss. <laughs> we got to bring them back up again. Yeah. And I started listening to that, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. This is something I think I could do. This is something I think I would like to do. And then, and this was years ago. I mean, this was the better part of 10 years ago, I think, mm -hmm. when I first heard this particular podcast. It's it's called Podcast, by the way. I should give them a shout out. And from then on, uh I discovered more and more podcasts through the years. And then I said to myself, you know, if I was going to do one, what would I do? I know I'd have to do a music one because it's basically my favorite subject, my favorite hobby, I guess you could say. You know, there's other subjects I could have done. You know, I'm, I like like I, I like comic books. I like Star Wars and certain other pop culture things. But I knew I was going to have to do a music podcast. Yeah. Even yes. though you love comics and there's other things you could talk about. I could have done a Godzilla podcast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the reality is podcasts are all about sharing your 
passion. Yes. And having people enjoy it. So, um, if right, you're so, lucky, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, exactly. How did um, so you decided what um, you decided? Okay, well, here you go. Um, I'm going to do music. So once yes. you decide that, what where'd you go from there? Well, then it's deciding what kind of format am I going to do. And I thought about this at first. I was like, well, maybe I should do a Kiss podcast. But by the time I really got around to saying I'm going to really do this, podcasting had exploded. And there was about a gazillion Kiss-centric podcasts out there. So I'm like, I'm going to stay away from that. They've been covered by everybody. So then it was like, okay, so where do I go from there? Should I pick another band that I really like? Because I like so many artists. Should I do something else like that? Then I just decided, you know what? I think I'm just going to go a specific album. And kind of the idea just became I'm going to do an, uh, an album review like I used to read, like in Rolling Stone magazine and things like that, make an audio version of that. Well, I come to find out that there are a lot of podcasts that do that sort of thing, too. So what I ended up doing is kind of taking bits and pieces from these podcasts that I listen to. Hey, I like how they do this. I'm going to take this a little bit here. I like how these guys do this. I'm going to take a little bit here. Kind of mash it all together, put it through my sensibilities, and came up with what I do today. Um, and so for those of you, you kind of mentioned this already, but I, I want to give you another chance. So um, you you pick an artist or an album, or your guest, your co-pilot picks an album, yes. and then you do a deep dive, correct? Right. That's true. Okay. So, um, and the idea is, let's talk about this, um, how much we either like the album, or, and you know, in my case, you were nice enough, you said, hey, Jesse, uh, we had exchanged a few emails, and you said, why don't we do a double set? And I said, oh, that'd be perfect. I love having people join me to promote their podcast, and I love being on other people's podcasts because I don't have to edit it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, because this certainly isn't roofing a house in the summer, but doing a podcast is not without its share of work. Oh, it's time-consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, – so, so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to pick a Springsteen album because that kind of seems, you know. On the so, nose? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I had picked Linda Ronstadt because I really love that album. Yeah. And it ended up an album you did not care for at all. <laughs> That's true. But we had so much fun talking about it. Yeah, I certainly did. Um, yeah. And it ended up being one of my most memorable episodes because of that, because our opinions on the album differed so wildly, it gave it a different flavor. Because most of the time I have guests come on and we kind of usually like the album in general. We might like or dislike diff different songs in that album, but in general, we usually like that album and that artist. With you and I, it's one of the few that I've done where, and I, I like Linda Ronstadt. I mean, I, I yeah. like her as an artist, but the album you chose didn't appeal to me as much. So it, it made it a very interesting conversation, and I thought it turned out really well. Yeah, I had a blast, and I'm I'm trying not to be pushy to you know have you me on again uh, <laughs> because it was a lot of fun. I'm glad. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun too. Yeah. Um, do um, as you mentioned, what are um, what are some other you know episodes that kind of stick with you that you know that reminded you that you've had a good time on 
or that you um, have enjoyed having the people on? My favorite episodes have been the ones where I have a guest on with me. The vast majority, not not the vast majority, but the majority of episodes I've done, I've done them by myself, solo. Which So it's just sort of me going over what I think about these albums. And, you know, and they're fun. I'm not going to say I don't like it. Yeah. But I enjoy the banter, the back and forth that you have with when you have a guest and you're both talking about an album you're familiar with or maybe not even familiar with. And so there are also two what I call branches of the show that regular co-pilots I have on with me and we talk about them. One is my happens to be my sister, Shannon. And when she comes on, we call it siblings on record. Nice. And she and I usually take turns picking albums and we, we go into that. And I really enjoy doing that with her. And the other one is a, a person I work with, a coworker of mine named Ray Zimmer. He's recently come aboard, and when he comes on, we call it Album Addicts. And nice. we also have a great time. We go back and forth with it. But it all falls under the ridiculous rock record reviews banner. I, I call it R4 for short because it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when Ray comes on, I think what he brought to the table is he's we uh, made it funnier. We crack a lot of jokes. For you, any of your listeners who are interested in checking out the show, I hope they do. I think that's great. I would have to forewarn that the language is usually pretty coarse. There's a lot of swearing and cursing. Sometimes the, you know, the subject matter can veer off into a uh, uh, an area where you know, if you, don't let your kids listen to it, it earns its explicit tag. Put it yeah, that way. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we. Um... Here in the Southgate Media podcast, uh, thank you, Rob, for letting us play in your sandbox. Um, you know, he specifically um, does. You know, is he knows there's a place for explicit process, but that's not the genre we're going for. Sure. Um, so it's and always. I respect that. Yeah, and so I, I'm, yeah. I'm keeping my language clean, Jesse. I know you are. <laughs> and we did when you came on my show too, and yes. that was that was interesting too. That was the first time we've ever done that on that show, so that was. That was interesting, and I had fun with that. Well, I so the next time I'll come, we'll get to say, okay, we're gonna, we'll get to be able to uh, talk a little dirty. You're all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I'll, I, I like both of those themes. Um, you know, I, one of the things that I find as a challenge as a podcaster is how do I keep it fresh? Right. Uh, now I'm lucky. Um, my whole premise is I talk to someone, um, right. you know, I, 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 there are very few solo episodes I do. It's usually if something specifically like when I went to see Springsteen down in Austin for the book signing, I right. had an episode there and I talked yeah. about it or me going to Broadway to see him. But normally it's, it's with a guest and whether we're talking Bruce or um, another episode, you know, another band. We just, I just had a guy, we talked about John Hyatt. And oh, yeah, I listened to that. That's very good. Yep. Yeah, thank you. And we yep. just had someone with Harry Chapin. So that All was right. a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and so I've kind of, um, it is much easier when you're talking to someone uh, because I believe that podcasts are you like hanging out with the people yes i mean that's why you end up subscribing that's why you listen is you feel you know you're you're listening to 
And I had a listener once said, you know, I always feel like I'm eavesdropping on somebody in line at a concert. And I said, then that's the best compliment I can get. You know? that, yes. How I came across your podcast is through another podcast. I discovered uh, Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet very early on in their run. And I love that. I really, I still love that yes. podcast. I think those two are brilliant, how they break down each episode, uh, each song. Um, so from there, I also discovered Tramps Like Us. And I really love what Lee does over there, too. And I heard you appear on both of those podcasts, but I never uh, got around to find I, – I would hear what you said, and I said, listen, all right, I got to put that in my head. Maybe I'm going to come across it sometime. But I never did until one day I was doing, you know, just searching. You know, I'm, let's, I want to try to find a new podcast to listen to. And it came up, and I went, that's it? Oh, yeah, set listening Bruce. I always wanted to check that one out. So I started listening to it. And it got me right away. What I thought of it was, was it was sort of like an audio translation of that Springsteen and I movie yes. where, you know, they're, they're interviewing. To me, it was like, hey, it was just like it's, it's almost like that. You're talking to fans, getting their perspective. I thought it was something different. And I really liked that aspect of it. So that prompted me to reach out to you and say, hey, I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan. I just, and when I contacted you, I just wanted you to know that I really liked your show. I didn't, right. I wasn't even like, I really want to come on. Come on, Jesse, put me on. I want yeah. to, because I don't like to, I, there, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but normally I don't usually reach out to them because I don't want them thinking that I'm only doing this so I can go on and promote my show. That's not what it's about. You know, I, exactly. I love your podcast, Jesse. That's why I'm here. I love Bruce Springsteen. I'll talk about him all day long if you want. So that's why I'm here. I enjoy your podcast. If we didn't even talk about my podcast at all, I would have been fine. Yeah, and thank you. I appreciate that. And um, you, when what's kind of funny is you talked about the KISS podcast, um, and I've shared this with other people, but Lynette Carolla was – doing a she did like seven or eight episodes of a podcast where she talked to uh friends of hers and adam uh that are springsteen fans right and um and i loved it i i loved hearing um you know these people that are actually um famous and they just sound like another fan. Yes, because they are. Yeah. yeah they're, they're people, too. You, you yeah. forget that sometimes. <laughs> right. And so she wasn't doing any new ones. And um, I had seen the documentary. And so in the um, spirit of, you know, lighting a candle instead of cursing the darkness, because um, – I had not seen any Springsteen podcast. So I said, okay, you know, I'm going to try this. And then it turned out, you know, that um, we all kind of had the same idea. Right. And so, and each of us have kind of found our own niche. Um, yes. They're all very different. They are. Um, yes. And I keep my dream, um, Aaron, is I, I would just love – like 
for us to do this major, you know, Springsteen song of the week, Springsteen sings this alphabet, drinks like us, all this massive, you know, springtime for Springsteen, this massive round table, you know, yeah. like, just because this, uh, we all have a different perspective and a different. Yeah, that would be amazing. Numbers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so, a great idea. Make it happen, Jesse. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so you know, I'm trying to just keep, um. You know, the show fresh. Um, I keep looking for guests. Um, now, how about you? Uh, do you put the call out for your listeners to see if they want to join you? Or are you usually stick with um, Solo, your sister, or your coworker? Nope. It's open to anyone to come on. And what I'm happy about is lately, we've been around for a little over a year now. Okay. And now we're starting to see a few people asked to come on, requested albums. I'm starting to see that happen. And the last few weeks, we've actually had listeners, you know, uh, come on the show and co-host with us. And that's been a lot of fun. Those episodes have turned out great, too. As long as, you know, as long as the the listener comes on and they know what to expect because my show is very rigidly structured. When you listen to one, it's going to sound, the format is going to sound exactly the same as the next one. And you talked about keeping it fresh. Keeping it fresh, well, it's going to be a different album. The way I see it is most people who are going to listen to the podcast, they're going to see, oh, I like that band or I like that album. I'm going to listen to that episode. Yes. Unless you really like the sound of my voice and you want to hear every single episode. I'm assuming that that's what's happening. Most people are cherry picking from the shows of the bands or or albums that they like. So that's what happened. Now listeners are starting to come on. Hey, I like your show. Could I come on and do tools sure come on and that's beginning to happen now and i'm very happy so to answer your question i think i've i've gone on a little bit about it is that anybody can come on it's open to anybody who's willing to do it and you know who's interested and so you know i always announce that at the end of every episode you know we're always looking for co-pilots to host the show with us and Mm -hmm. so yeah the the call is out it's open good um yeah uh and i will you do a wide um, variety, um, you know, uh, the episode before me was the Beatles, please, please me. You've done Jethro Tull, Aqu- Aqualung, Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Yep. Um, you know, Kiss, Dress to Kill, of course. Um, a cursory and- glance at a cursory glance at the shows would tend to, to you know veer toward classic rock or classic heavy yep. metal, but I'm willing to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll I'll, interv- I'll review just about anything. Yeah. You know, as long as the the person who's coming on has a passion for it, I'm willing to give it a shot. Like for instance, your Linda Ronstadt album, I wasn't familiar with it at all. I knew two tracks off of it. Yeah. So I immersed myself in it though. I listened to that thing about 20 times at least before we yeah. went on. So I I wanted to come to the review with a with an honest, you know, perception of it. I didn't want to like listen to it once and say, well, you know, and I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, and and I I. Your homework showed, um, you know, um, back again, since we are a Springsteen podcast, you and your sister did um, uh, the uh, greetings. Greetings. Yeah. And so um, and I listened to that. I thought that was really well done. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Um, So, yeah. The idea for us is that we were going to go in order. We're going to do his entire studio catalog in order. Right. So I've got to get Shannon back out of hiding. I think she's gone on, you know, gone on a little bit of a hiatus. I got to get her back on so we can 
get to uh, the wild and the innocent. Yeah, that would be great. Um, because it's, I really like y'all's interplay and interactions together. Um, and and you have a niche, like I think one of the gold standards is the Great Albums podcast. Yes, I mean they are. I they were lucky. They were nice enough to be on my show once, and they had me on. Um, and I'm not just saying they're definitely that an influence. As a matter of fact, I reached out to them before I started, and I said, "Look, I'm going to be doing this thing. I'm going to be ripping you guys off a little bit. Are you okay with that?" And they were gracious enough to say, "Hey, this podcasting thing is, you know." It, welcome aboard and i was yeah. very very grateful to, to them for saying that yeah um they are just really um and and i think one of the things like i explained to um my wife when i first started doing this she's why would anyone want to listen to you <laughs> and, and i said well i i hope because i'm bringing a sense of you know, energy and enjoyment and, um, you know, there's a sense of fun going right. there. So that's why I hope. And you worded it best earlier, Jesse, a passion. You have a yeah. passion for the subject. You have a passion for Bruce Springsteen. It comes through and you bring people on who also share that passion. You can't help but if you're into Bruce Springsteen at all, it's going to become infectious. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do is um, I – jokingly say many times that you know i believe every springsteen fan has a story and it's my job to kind of capture them all together um aaron what are a couple of albums that you haven't gotten to yet but you're looking forward to talking about well we haven't touched on the rolling stones yet one of my very favorite bands of all time we're making plans for them. We're going to be, you know, diving to their catalog finally very soon. Let's see who else is out there. There's so many bands out there and so many artists that we haven't done yet. And of course, now that you put me on the spot, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, that's okay. But, we'll edit this uh, out. But the, <laughs> but the Stones are, are are the major one that that really pop come to mind, and we're definitely going to get to them. Well, yep. That's good. Um. I, you know, I, I like the diversity, and I think that's a good idea. Um, all right, so um, we, we've kind of really touched that, but I wanted to say, is there anything else that you're planning in the future in the podcast you want to tease? Well, I can sort of tease what we've got planned coming up, and in, in for episodes uh, coming up, we're doing the band Tesla. We're doing covering the band Megadeth. We're covering Rod Stewart. We are covering the Rolling Stones. We are covering Mr. Bungle, and that's a pretty wide, yeah, that diverse. That is a very diverse. Good. So that's what we got coming up in the in the episodes to come. Good, good. All right. Well, um, yeah, I I um I think that'll be a great thing. And now that I'm trying to think, uh, what's a um, nice curveball I can throw you uh, when um. You know, six months from now when you go, hey, Jesse, you ready to come back on? That's right. Are you ready to talk about? Um, well, cool. All right. Before I let you go, I have to ask you the Mary question. Sure. So for those of you who are, this is your first podcast, uh, welcome. But um, I had uh, Jay Ferguson, who is a honors English teacher, um, and he 
does um, honors English, and every year he has a chapter, a section where his students take Thunder Road and read it as a poem, comparing it to Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. They cover the imagery. They talk about it. That actually is a early episode where he and I broke it down, and he did it as if I was his student. And then at the very end, he asked the question, does Mary get in the car? Because if you listen to the album version, um, Bruce says, the town full of losers, I'm pulling out of here to win. Um, when he does it live, he often says we, but at the point, um, the question is, does Mary get in the car? Go ahead, sir. Well, I knew this question was coming, so I would given it a lot of thought. And, of course, she gets in the car, right? I mean, it's obvious that's what Bruce is hinting at. It's what he's implying. I really think that's what he believes happens. I think he thinks that she gets in the car with him, and they go off on their great adventure. Now, if I'm Mary's friend or father, (laughs) I'm not sure I would advise her to get in that car with him. As you know, so many of your other listeners have pointed out, you know, she's a beauty, not a beauty. She's all right. And he doesn't really seem like he's focused on her as much as I just want to get out of here and I need some company. So I would probably say to Mary, I'm not sure you want to go with this guy. But I to my mind, it's heavily implied that she gets in that car and goes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any final thoughts? No, I think uh, I've enjoyed myself. This was a great time. Thanks for having me on, Jesse. I would love to come back on. We could talk Bruce a little more. I think we it feels like we barely talked about Bruce in this episode. We talked a lot about podcasts. I think we talked more about Kiss than we did about Bruce Springsteen. So I would love to come back on and talk a little more Bruce with you. I, but I've had a great time, Jesse. I, I you know, I, like I said, I'm a fan of your podcast. I've been listening to every episode that comes out and keep doing what you're doing. You know, uh, I, I just again, thanks for having me on. Oh, it it will, and we will talk about some. Um, we we will have you on again, and we'll um, we'll talk about. Um, maybe we'll go through um, some favorite songs, and uh, you know I do have my normal Bruce questions, but uh, so we'll have you on and do that again. All uh, right, that's great. Uh, and I just want to let you know, Jesse, I'm in the batter's box, so when you're ready to throw me that curveball. All right. We'll do it. You can come back on our show, too. Sounds great. All right. Uh, Hang on while I do a little business. If you want to be on the podcast and share your story, be it Springsteen, be it Kiss, be it Willie Nelson, um, let me know. Reach out to me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com is our email address at setlustingbruce at Set Lusting Bruce on Twitter. We have a Facebook page, Set Lusting Bruce. Please go there and like us. And please, please go to iTunes to rate and review us. That is how people find us, by searching for podcasts. When you look up Sprutstein Podcast, the more ratings you have, the more quickly it will come up. So go ahead, plug your podcast one more time, Aaron. All right, great. The podcast is called Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews, also known as the R4 Podcast. It's everywhere that you can find podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, all the places you can find podcasts. So uh, if listening to this podcast with Jesse, if you're interested, why don't you check us out? And if you're interested, why don't you know, uh, drop me a line at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com so you can come on the show and talk about an album with us. We'd love it. 
Yes, and please uh, go to where you listen to your podcast, rate, review um, his show as well, because um, we all need the little love. That's right. Thank you, Jesse. And I also uh, am proud to say that I am the 50th reviewer of iTunes for Yay, Set Lusty Bruce. Very nice. That is something. All right. Okay. Well, Aaron, we're going to end with you keep on saying you'll be mine for a while. You're looking fancy, and I like your style. You drive us wild. We'll drive you crazy. You show us everything you've got. Baby, baby, that's quite a lot. You, And you drive us wild. We'll drive you crazy. You keep on shouting. You keep on shouting. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. And don't we all? Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.